is alive. Giantkiller.co and the By George Podcasting Network present the By George Podcast with Brian Lawrence and Chris Jones. The original George Mason basketball podcast. They're on their feet. Here, Hancock! Oh! <laughs> Off the top of the backboard, no! Loose, Hancock, front court, Morrison! One Mason point, George Mason! It's a great day to be a Patriot. Welcome to the latest episode of By George, the original George Mason basketball podcast. On the episode today is our boy Chris Jones. And Liam will be joining us at the end of the episode to talk about his experience at the Presser Live today and then to intro and interview one-on-one he did with Kim English. Jonesy, did Mason hit this out the ballpark? It was an absolute walk-off Grand Slam, bottom of the ninth, to win the World Series Grand Slam. Yes, it was, I think, personally, and, you know, obviously I'm a homer, but I'm just saying it was, like, the best press conference I've ever witnessed, period. Like, I was absolutely floored with the poise and maturity of Kim English. I mean, the, the dude's 32 years old. He's given the keys to an entire program that he just inherited, um, you know, he was playing in like the NCAA tournament just like a week ago. And now he's given an entire basketball program, media's there, uh, you've got, you know, uh, alum, you have the president, you have Brad Edwards, everybody's watching you. And he, you know, opens his, you know, spiel with, you know, I don't have any notes, I'm gonna go off the cuff. And it was just absolutely endearing. It felt very authentic, raw. He was just absolutely saying everything that Mason Nation wanted to hear. Like if I had, if I created a checklist of every single thing I wanted him to mention, he did it like times two. Like it was, it was just, I, I just was floored by it. Like it was, it was just such a, a genuine, um, you know, press conference where you know he he kind of gave his vision and and what he wants to sell the program as. He talked to players. He talked to Mason Nation. Um, it was just, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. I was just absolutely floored. And then he answered every question, you know, with an honest answer. And it just felt so refreshing. I don't know. When he said, everyone knows George Mason, everyone, it got me sice because you have to think about that. It's like, you know, Everyone associates George Mason with the Cinderella run. And, you know, there's other Cinderella, other Cinderella runs out there, but they didn't take on the Giants like, like Mason did. And so it's, I think that that's something that we can always kind of hold on to. Um, but I want to touch on a couple, thi- a couple other things he said today. Uh, he dropped two assistant coaches. Um, that, you know, is that normal for a coach to just drop that news in a press conference live like that? I don't know. Um, one of them is Nate Tomlinson, uh, player at Colorado, uh, played in Australia as well, and then got a coaching gig at Colorado. I think uh, Kim said that they both played against each other and then worked together at Colorado. 
he said that he was a future Brad Stevens mind NBA caliber coach. That blew me away. I don't know if that's just him hyping. Um, and we also signed another coach, Jonesy. Who is it? Dennis Felton. Yeah, that he's uh, currently, you know, on the Fordham staff. Um, you know, he's, he's he has a long track record. I mean, it extends to Tulsa and, um, you know, past. I mean, he's been in college basketball for uh, decades. So, uh, definitely have like a, an, a more mature assistant coming in. Maybe he's possibly helping with the X's and O's. I, I don't know much about Dennis Felton, but we will find out. But, you know, just kind of going back to, to sort of your statement about like, is it normal for, for a coach to drop like assistant names and, and, and all that, like at a presser, you tweeted it. It was like a unique press conference. I don't think that he was going to give us what we were expecting, which was like the standard coach talk, you know, a few bullet points on a piece of paper and then telling us exactly what we want to hear. Like we're going to hang a, you know, a banner, you know, something, but like, <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it was a unique experience. And so, yeah, we, we did get two names and, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I'm looking forward to hearing the other names. And there was also, um, you know, I think we touched on it earlier, a ton of Mason alum there. I mean, you had Fowler and Campbell, Jai Lewis, John Vaughn, Ike Tate. Um, am I missing anybody? Yeah, I mean, probably like 10 guys. But I okay, think it's, sure. it's just, <laughs> okay. but, but I, I, would, I would say that's more notable because, you know, this is we talked about it a little bit on our podcast, and there's been this kind of gap growing between – uh, previous players. He is obviously, he's tweeted it as much. He's obviously going to, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of them on the staff. I wouldn't be surprised to see them involved in the program. And, and but I thought more notable was the, the current players that were there and that weren't there. So you had, you, you had Miller, Oduro, you know, guy, AJ guys who are potentially leaning into or already in the transfer portal. And then you have Kolick who wasn't there. There's uh, I, I think I, I heard um, maybe even Liam told us um, that he's doing some three point shooting thing uh, back home. Um, and so like, you know, maybe it, 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 he would have been there if he could have been. But what I thought was super unique was just, you know, Coach English literally looked to the right over at the players and talked directly to them in the middle of the presser. It was as if the media was the media wasn't even there. It was like a direct conversation with Jordan Miller. He was like, he was like, excuse me for a moment. I'm just going to like talk to our players. And I was like, okay, excuse me. Like, all right, let's just direct the uh, whole press conference to like a combo between you guys. I didn't mind it. It was, it was again, unique. And, um, you know, if that can do, you know, anything in terms of, you know, keeping a Jordan Miller or a Duro. I mean, we, we tweeted out a video just like two days ago. It absolutely blew up. But, you know, he's t- telling Josh Duro to get out the portal. Um, you know, that's a product of being like young, hip, you know, with it. And he looks like he's already, you know, forming some some relationships with our current players that, I, I don't know, I, right now, like my current feeling is a lot of these guys are going to stay. And, and it's really not that hard, you know, to make that decision because he was so passionate and, and he was just selling the shit out of going, like he said, we will march. Like this team is good enough to march like, this is a team that can win a champion. Like, I was like, holy shit, he just inspired me. Like, I, it was, again, like, I feel like I'm, I'm overhyping it, but it was absolutely a, a stellar presser. And just everything that he said and who he talked to and what he said, 
Uh, I can't say I, enough about it. I don't think you're overhyping it. And, and in Liam's interview with him, uh, he talks about what uh, success looks like in year one. He talks about his goals. And he also mentions that this team has the core to get to the tournament. And, you know, maybe that's just coach speak, but it fired me up because, like, we kind of think the same thing. You look at Oduro, you look at AJ, you look at Kolik, you look at Miller, you're like, is this a team that should be competing with the top four teams? Um, and, and maybe so. Another thing I want to touch on, um, and I, I wonder how it made you feel, because, you know, if you've been a listener of By George for the past five to six years, you know that Chris te- Chris tends to be more of the the, rec- the recruiting guy, constantly looking up, you know, on, on 24-7 sports or rivals or whatever, as soon as a name gets dropped uh, associated with Mason. And he said straight up, Guys from Power Six conferences are calling my phone directly. That's insane. Like he's building a squad. Like kids want. Like kids are gonna flock to to Kim English, and you know it's just, you know, again, it's like being young and cool. Like people want to play for him. He's got these connections. I mean, we saw the the people that were uh, reaching out to him on Twitter when he t- accepted the job. We saw Bradley Beal. You know, Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator for the Redskins or Washington football team. You know, like these are like he's connected. He has 50,000 followers on Twitter. Like and I don't want to, you know, throw DP into the bus, you know. And and also one thing that that I thought um, Kim did, you know, a great job even honoring Dave Paulson. He said, like, I, I couldn't have done this without him and the roster that he, uh, you know, built like. And it was just a classy move all around. And, and you know, I thought it, it showed like a level of class, but, but again, like when we're comparing though, Kim English to Dave Paulson in terms of, you know, the ability to lure a a three, four star kind of player, it's just like, he's just so, you know, with it, he's on Twitter, he has a presence, he has like Instagram, like he's going to be um, engaging and funny and cool. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I'll I'll say it. He's yeah. a, he's a sexy head coach and Dave Paulson is not. We don't Okay, need to, hey, we don't, wow. We don't need I to was, sugar I, coat. <laughs> I was trying to beat around that bush, but god no. damn it, you said it. <laughs> Kim English is a, is a is a sexy coach. I mean, the way he just the way he carried himself and everything he did from the one-on-one he does with Giant Killer that we're going to get to soon to the Zoom press conference to to talking to the alumni after the press conference today to his to his Twitter, already hyping the practice facility. You know, it's the, the, the guy is just the complete total package on social media. And that's what has to get the kids these days. It has to, it has to be that type of, you know, forward love that's very social, that everyone can see. It's what they're about. So, you know, I think it's nice to get kind of that new blood into the program. And I think that we're going to see the ripple effect all throughout the athletic department. You already see the the announcement video with Fowler and Campbell, you know, playing Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and you, you already see, you know, just like a, the press conference today being in the middle of the court and the video showing um, and the, the pictures start. looked legit yeah like everything looked like it elevated like a notch like the pr team or, or the marketing team, like everyone's been kind of elevating their game since we hired him and yeah. it shows like it, it looks everything looks a little better even even like you know the 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 bare minimum small things like Kim English's profile picture on Twitter and his banner and all that, like that, that stuff looks official. Like, I don't know if Mason made that or if he made <laughs> there was, that. There was a guy from Tennessee and I'm like, can we bring that guy right. to Mason? Cause that was a, yeah, it that, looked tight. 
That background, the, the background to that photo is fire. We need to use that kind of flag green and yellow look more often. But, but um, like the, the one thing though, like, like he checked every single box, right? Like, and I think everyone's kind of, you know, uh, we're calling this a home run hire. We love the press conference. We love what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, the one thing like we still don't know about, like he, he can check all the boxes, but like I'm interested to see like what are his, you know, defensive offensive schemes going to be like, what are the X's and O's? And he actually even alluded to, to a little bit during the press conference with uh, hinting towards, you know, playing a Davidson style, um, you know, type of offense. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, I, that's something so. Full disclosure, we are going to get him on the By George podcast where we're going to dive into the X's and O's. In fact, Liam and Taylor ask him about it um, and, he, and and at the end. And, he, and I don't want to spoil this spoil this uh, interview too much, but he says, you know, we want to play fast. And one thing that was super notable, and I think this is every coach, but he just flat out said it. He's going to give his players the first seven seconds of the shot clock. And, and as as long as they follow the one rule of if someone's wide open, you pass it to them, everything else is fine. You know, you, you can do that. He's going to give the team seven seconds. And then after those seven seconds, he's going to call something. He's going to get us into something. And I thought, you know, that's, that's that transparency that we're looking with. If you look back to our, our interview with Dave Paulson about the freshman coming in, there was absolutely no transparency. He gave us the same answer over and over again. And maybe Kim English is just new, but one thing he said in his presser was, I'm going to be straight up. I'm going to be honest with you. And and today he showed that. And, and we'll see because we're going to be at the pressers when the games tip off. And we're going to be asking him the hard questions. And we're going to be, you know, we're not going to take it easy on him. If he's if he comes out playing a, 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 a wing player at the, at the center position, I'm, I'm going to ask him why. And so I think... We don't need to get into if we doubt him just yet. I think we're, no. I think we're, we're all on the we're all on the hype train right now. Um, and I just I just looked to today, and it just it must have been such a whirlwind for him. You know, he went from being a player to not making it in the NBA, playing overseas, becoming a coach. He straight up said it like I didn't plan for this presser because when I young when I was younger, I was looking to become an NBA player. You know, so it it almost feels like all this is so new to him, and it's just kind of running around. and 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 I'm excited to to see. You know, these next few weeks, we're gonna see recruitment news every day. Um, and I, I'm just so excited for that period. I, I'm excited to see him get to work. He obviously he passed the media test. Oh yeah. Um, and so you know, I think I, let's go ahead and 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 cut this. You know, Chris and I are siced. We, we we cannot. I cannot wait to to cover a charismatic coach like this. The guy's got 50,000 followers on Twitter, um, on his Instagram, go follow him. He could use some numbers there at Kim D English. That's where we saw the video of him kind of clowning with Oduro about getting out the, the transfer portal. Um, but let's go ahead and take this to break. And when we get back, we're going to have Liam Lee talking about being there live. Call me, beep me, beep me, if you wanna reach me. Call me, beep me, beep me, if you wanna reach me. Call me, beep me, beep me, if you wanna reach me. Call me, beep me, beep me, if you wanna reach me. Call me, beep me, beep me, if you wan
doesn't matter where, doesn't matter when. I will be there for you till the very end. Danger or trouble, I'm there on the double. You know that you always can call impossible. So what's the sitch? Call me, beat me if you wanna reach me. Welcome back to By George. Man, do we have a special guest? I think this may be his first appearance. Follow him on Twitter at I am Liam Lee, uh, our videographer. But honestly, an original BG was coming to our our pregames at Red Hot and Blue. He's been you know vibing with us from the start, um, and so Liam Lee. What up? <laughs> It feels weird. It feels weird to be on the pot with you guys. Uh, I'm used to drinking with you at the bars, making the videos. And that's it. And now you're a talent. Today you were a one-man <laughs> show, kind of doing it all. You did have an intern with you, our guy Taylor Black, starting to work with Giant Killer. We gave him some day one assignments. But talk about uh, talk about you know just your opinion of the day. I mean, you got to see some 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 players you kind of grew up watching. Yeah, today was. Uh... It was a lot of uh, excitement. So right, right when I drove in, uh, I saw Jai Lewis come out of his car. And I was like, oh, dang, Jai, Jai is here. And then uh, he had waited around for the other players to come meet him up. It felt like they were excited. You know, they were like meeting up in front of the Patriot Center and heading in. And then when I went in, it was a lot of excitement. Like people were excited. Everyone was praising the Lord that Kim English came to George Mason. Like everyone was coming up to us, well, to me, because we were we're giant killer and we're known now. Like, yeah. Do you like to hire? They're like asking for our approval because they did it for us. <laughs> like they did it for us. <laughs> That's how excited people are that he came. And, and what was the scene like? Because sometimes Mason can be a bit nubby. Like the press conference room is all small and compact. Like what, what was the scene like? It looks like they went like above and beyond. Yeah, it looked nice. They had good spacing. They had platforms for all the media people, so that was nice. I put my camera there. Uh, they separated media and you know just fans in general. It was nice. It was a good setup. They had the, they had the media, the light board right there, and everything. So what what was like you know like was it was there any other players besides like the you know six Coach L guys we've already talked about? Did you did you notice anybody else? Uh, let's see. Uh, no, it was mostly the six Final Four guys, but. I, you can tell that they haven't been there in a long time because Bill Rowland came up to them and he was like, long time no see. So, yeah, I mean, mm. these guys are excited that Kim's here, you know? Like, it That's seems like telling. they haven't been there. Yeah. It's almost as if they haven't been there in like six years. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I, I don't know. Was Were they like, were they like, uh, welcome when he went with her? I don't know. I don't remember. I think he would actually uh, had a decent relationship with them. I mean, it was so immediate. Like, they had. You know, not any time had really passed um, between Hewitt and obviously Coach L. So, uh, but I, yeah, Paulson just—I don't think ever really got any type of relationship going outside of Ike Tate in the last year. It's like I mean, Kim English did it right. I mean, the players, the final four guys, got halfway down the the stairs to the court, and he came up and meet him up. So, so prediction there. Prediction though, do are are we going to see a a, a final four player uh, somewhere? you know, represented as an assistant or someone like my guess would be Lamar Butler. He's going to be on the bench. I, I heard some rumblings of, of him joining Miami staff. We'll see if that comes true. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. You want a guy who's worked in WCAC around here, um, who knows the area, uh, you know, Kim, Kim English, he's selling his, his Baltimore roots and whatnot, but like, he really hasn't been in Baltimore, you know, in a while. He actually references that and says, um, you know, that he's excited to be back and be closer to his family and get his kids closer to his family. Um, and that he does, he didn't play anywhere around here. So I don't know how deeply rooted he is. I think we'll find out. He's definitely already made an offer to a stud uh, from DeMatha. So, so we'll see. Um, but one thing, you know, I, I want to get from, from you, Liam, is you sat down with him one-on-one, you know, you know, not with, any other media there? Did he change at all? Did, did he lighten up with you? Uh, or, would, or did he kind of keep to the same tone? Well, when he first sat down, you can tell it, it was a lot today for him. I was uh, his last interview of the day before he went to the Zoom meeting one. And yeah, he looked tired. <laughs> he looked <Yeah>. overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it took a little, a little bit of icebreaker to, for him to come out a little bit. Yeah. It was seems... was was it weird though to interview the head coach of Mason basketball and know that you're older than him? Like, was that kind of weird? I mean, his daughters are older than my one daughter, so I feel like he's older than me. <laughs> All right, that's how, <laughs> right. That's right. how no, we're gonna put. He's just smarter, right? And like what Chris said, like if I went up there and I spoke as a first time head coach, I'd be stuttering and sweating <laughs> and nervous. But he he handled like a champ, so I think he's the more mature one in this. The conversation we had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I probably can confirm that. And I haven't met the guy. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I would, <laughs> but I, I, I'm curious, like, what was the setup? What the one-on-ones were? Did they put you in separate rooms or did you, did he just bounce around to separate tables? Uh, it was just spaced out chairs. And so, you know, unfortunately, there were only three of us. So a little bit of the... Mason has to work a little harder to get a little more attention to still there, even with this hire. But yeah, there were three of us. Yeah, there was a good amount of people in the in the Zoom call, but you know, yes, it was like sixteen to seventeen. I thought I was going to sign in. There's going to be like forty people or something, and a few were from like Missouri. It's like, come on, local report, like step up. But whatever, you got to earn that respect, and I think that he's going to embrace that role. Well, wait, can, can 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 I at least out you for you know? So everyone's asking their questions, you know, you have local ABC seven, you have, you know, Mason guys, you know, volunteers, whatever. And then like Brian's opportunity comes up. He has like the, the zoom screen that obviously like he turned his camera off. He was on mute. Everyone was sitting around like, Brian, Brian, Brian. <laughs> and then we're like, all right, we're going to give Brian a few more minutes to get. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. Uh, if you listen to talk radio right now or like watch press conferences during COVID, there's always that one nubby and reporter. you were that nub. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, man. I know. I was like, dang it. I botched it. You but know, Kim did... English in his mind was like, man, fuck by George. <laughs> <laughs> Wasting my time. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, but you know, I, I thought like I, by the end of that, I was exhausted and I had done nothing yeah. but like, listen to the guy talk, imagine like, you know, being up there and, and, and talking, it's just, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I do want to get to while we have Liam with us a little bit, because I think he, Liam, it's full disclosure, cares about Mason way more than Chris or I do. I can come. <laughs> oh my God. That. 100%. <laughs> um, so you got a chance to kind of see the president talk, uh, for the first time. That's something that. 
you know, I think you're a little bit more tuned in on and then Brett, Brett Edwards. Uh, one thing I want to mention um, about Gregory Washington was it just seemed like he was so involved in the process. Kim said it himself, like he had to do research into um, the president and Brad uh, to see if it was the right fit. And he said, you know, once he looked up, you know, our president's, you know, the information, his drive, his history, he knew it was a lock. And so, you know, I thought, I thought Gregory Washington showed, showed like real poise and real, like he instilled confidence in me that he cares about Mason basketball. Liam, did you get that same feeling? Yeah, I did. So <clears throat> when Alan Merton was here, he said something that like threw everybody off. He said that Mason basketball is the side door of the university. That's when all the fans kind of dropped off. So when Cabrera came here in his press conference with a DP, he brought up that it's at the front door of the university. So that was huge. That was refreshing for the fan base. So that was a huge thing with uh, Gregory Washington. Like, is he going to continue what Cabrera kind of brought? And he did. I mean, he proved it today. He said that this program is important for the school and it's the face of the school. So we got to make it hype. I think a lot of fans were like skeptical of, of Dr. Washington at first thinking, you know, he hasn't been to many games. Obviously there's COVID, but whatever. But, you know, people were kind of questioning his level of interest in basketball as a whole. And, you know, just in sort of like the the past, you know, few weeks, he's shown us like, you know, he attended a few games. He was definitely, um, you know, invested in this hire. And then ultimately to pull off this hire um, tells me that, yeah, he's a lot more invested than, you know, we were giving him credit for. Um, You know, I, I think a lot of us tend to think, you know, he's coming from, um, what is it, UC Irvine? Where, where do you, sorry, where do you come from? Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, tech school, you know, I don't know if people just kind of assumed, oh, he's going to go kind of the STEM route, you know, and just like focus on like just the laboratory and computer robotics. <laughs> but like he actually like put in the time and effort and got a slam dunk. And, and uh, you know, kudos to, to Dr. Washington and Brad Edwards. I mean, Brad Edwards jumped on this quickly. I mean, he obviously interviewed a few other people. I th- I th- we got like kind of a list of other, you know, coaches that were in contention, but it, it always felt like he kind of had Kim English circled. At least that was sort of my thought on that. But yeah, I, I thought- I mean, I reports thought, were that he was that, like even before DP was fired, it was like Mason, look look for, look for at Kim English as a potential land or landing spot for George Mason. I'm just like, what? Like, that, that's so random. So that should have been our first tip off that DP was done. Of course, of course we didn't bite, but uh, I would say, you know, Brad, you know, we've, we, we kind of lock in on Brad when we're at the games, like we're watching his facial expressions. We're even oh, yeah. capture, capturing photos of him. And he spent a greater part of like the last two to three years, like head in his hands, like, <laughs> you know, just kind of sitting by himself. I mean, we asked him, you know, he told us, you know, I'm not good. So, you know, I, I think that that's today to see him like super giddy and just like, su- like, just, I don't know, just, he just looks so happy. He was so thankful. The man literally spent like 10 minutes thanking people in the presser. You know, I was like, you know, I thought what one thing that I found interesting from him was, was thanking, you know, the marshes, you know, for their, their connection to Barnes still. And I thought, you know, like that's something that you don't necessarily think about here, but Barnes probably had a, you know, a major play, you know, obviously we were, we were a springboard for him. The ripe age of 32, just like Kim English. It's Sorry, crazy. that was my f- no. fun fact. Yeah. It's a nice tidbit. Uh, <laughs> Liam, can you, can you give us a little bit of an intro of the, of the giant killer one-on-one? Um, you know, what, what questions did you ask? 
Yeah, so we asked some serious questions like what kind of style of play he's going to do, what kind of recruiting kind of techniques he has, but then we get into some oddball questions at the end, like what kind of burger he'd have at Brian's Grill. So, yeah. <laughs> I think he enjoyed I, that, I, actually. He's like, he was like refreshing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested in that type of stuff. So I, I just became a girl dad myself. Congrats. Six months old, a lot of work, but it's awesome, right? Being a girl dad. Congrats. Thank you. So first question, why did you pursue a head coach job now in your career? I think you've been assistant for like six years. Uh, yeah, assistant coach for six years, and uh, I've been I've been preparing for this. I've been preparing for it since before I was a, a, a coach when I was a player. And uh, it's something that you want to you want to run your your own program. You want to want to win at a high level. You want to win championships, compete for championships. You want to help young men reach and achieve their wildest dreams, goals, and aspirations. And so. Um, it wasn't about becoming a head coach for me. It was about finding a place where I could be a head coach and have great success. And I feel like the infrastructure for that is here at, at George Mason. Yeah, the crazy thing is like Coach Barnes was here when he was 32, and you're 32 now. So linkage is kind of crazy when you <laughs> think is. about it, right? It so did that play anything into it? You're like, oh, this might be an opportunity because things are kind of working together. No, it worked out. I mean, the basketball, college basketball especially, is a relationship business. so. You're always going to find connectors. Right? You're always going to hear about a job and act like Brenda. What's the connector? Very rarely does a cold call get you a job. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think Mason identified me. I identified Mason as a place that I was interested in. And, and the fact that the fact that Coach Barnes was here, he knows Jay and Carolyn Marsh, and has so many fond memories of the area. I mean, we were at the NCAA tournament. Our boys were just, our guys were just shooting around one night, and he was just on my phone looking at a map. Like, yeah, here's Braddock Road. Yeah, you go in here, you take 123, and you go all the way. And so, if you're going to Richmond, you'll do that, and you'll link right into 95, and then, you, and then you'll be able to get back for dinner. And oh yeah, you might want to live here. Oh, Old City Alexandria. Oh man, it's so great. Fairfax, Providence, Clemson, Austin, Knoxville, Tennessee was his career. He speaks about his time here with great adoration. And, and he was just so excited that I'm getting my start here. I have his same office. I was FaceTiming him earlier, showing him around the office. And, and I, Coach Harrington was here today, who I, who I got to know. And Coach Boyle used to bring former coaches back in Colorado, so I got to know Joe. And uh, it was great. It was great. The fan base is like huge on like our style of play. I don't think past few years they haven't been excited over like how we what they're seeing on the court style-wise. So what identity are you going to have offensively or defensively? Yeah, and, and I, I alluded to it a little bit. We're going to play with speed. We're going to rebound and run. Again, the first seven seconds of our possession is for the guys. I only ask them to do two things. Run your absolute hardest and if someone is open passing the ball. You have the freedom. And, I'm, I'm, and, and, and it all goes together, right? We Work ethic is in our identity. So the guys are going to work. So if they get open shots, they're going to make them. Because they work. They work. They, 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 the toughness is in our, in our identity. It's who we are. It's in our culture. So they're going to have great confidence to know that they're doing the right thing. They're going to have toughness to take care of the ball when they're driving to the rim and finish through contact in a physical league. Right? They're competitive. So I'm giving them the first seven seconds to compete, man. Go do your thing. Do what you got to do. Now, the next 15 seconds are going to be structurally what we work on every day within the construct of our offense. Four out, one in, five out, principle-based, 
offense principles that we identify as a team. This is what we do. This is how we play. These are the actions we look for. You know, pass cut, pass screen away, pass ghost screen, inside cut, a get action, play out of the elbows, play out of the post with, with, with matchups. Um, you know, positionless basketball. Um, and what's 15 plus 7, 22? So let's say 16 seconds. Let's say 17 seconds. And the last five or six seconds is, is back to you, right? The rim is always open. Pass it to the rim. Don't pass it to the other team. Don't pass it out of bounds in the last six seconds. Pass that thing to the rim. Like, let's get a shot. Let's get a shot. Let's have our, our four and our five go to the rim, right? Three, maybe. Let's have our one and two get back and build our defense in transition, and let's do it again. Would you say your offense is more like Hey, thanks guard? a lot, John, man, for real. All right. You said you'd be more like a guard-oriented team or like a big I'm, a I'm, I'm about basketball players. Like, I find the beauty in players of all sizes. I, mean, I had a 5'8 point guard in college named Phil Pressey that was so fun to play with. Um, you know, we had a seven-footer at Colorado named Dallas Walton that was incredibly skilled and talented. Um, so I see the beauty in all sizes and all players. I'm not going to put any of our players in a box. Josh Adoro is going to spend a lot of time with our guards in practice, right? Like, you know, I, I may recruit a three-man that I might want to have him down there with the bigs. Like, our, our, our guards are going to work on post-move. Our bigs are going to work on handling the ball. Like, everyone's going to work on shooting the ball. Josh Aduro will become a better three-point shooter. Like, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Some oddball questions. Sure Let's do it. So, uh, Brian's Grill across the street is like a local watering hole. We're all Brian's Grill? Brian's Grill. Brian's Grill? Yeah, it's right across the street okay. on Braddock. It's like where people go pre-game, after the game. Nice. Uh, so, they always have like a signature burger for all the, st uh, the staff on the basketball team. So what would your really? signature cheeseburger oh, be? It doesn't have to be a burger, they do sandwiches. Oh, Chicken really? sandwich. Yeah, like, yeah, you're a Maryland like guy, right? All like the, like assi everyone, assistant coaches, head coaches, or just? Just head coaches. coaches. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Like, Brian Edwards has one. What's his burger? Uh, it's not got sure. a Reuben. A Reuben. Yeah, I, I love Reuben. You're a Maryland guy, though. We're going to see, like, yeah, some crab, crab cake. meat on top. Okay, we'll do that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Crab cake? Yeah, I'll do crab cake. Cool. So, uh, we got the Green Machine. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, oh, I was supposed to talk about the best pet band in the land. Yeah, so they play, like, Rage Against the Machine. They play I love that. I love that. If you have, like, one song you want them to play during the game, like, your signature song, you'd like them. I mean, I don't know if they can do it, but, like, Thunderstruck is, like, we, like, if we could jump tip to Thunderstruck, like, that would give, that would get me juiced up. I'll hit up Doc Nix right now. We're going to work on it. And this is a Baltimore question. You're a B-more guy. So it's just to test how Baltimore you are. What is the best crab in the world? The best crab? A blue Type of crab? crab. Boom, blue crab. Okay, you okay great. I, I thought you were saying the best place to get a crab cake, but okay. No, best type of crab. You got it. Blue right. crab. Uh, I'm going to throw a couple of quick basketball questions at you. So you talked in your presser a little bit about, you know, winning is a, is a symptom. It's not necessarily the goal. Right. Um, so how, how do you define success in year one? And then what does success look like moving forward in two, three? It's, it, it's about, uh, that's a great question. Um, I have no win-loss record. I mean, I'm going into this season expecting to be an NCAA tournament team. We're going to work towards that, and that is going to be our goal every single year. Going to be a team that wants to advance in the, advance in the NCAA tournament, but more in, a, in an immediate, and not to still my good friend Sam Hickey, the process. Um, Sam's one of my really good friends. It's about every day with me. What we're doing every single day, less than that every single possession. Like, so when I'm watching film at night of our practice, 
I just want to see our guys doing those little small things every single day, and and it's going to carry over to the games. Our practice is going to be way harder than the games, and I just want to make sure that we have competitive, hardworking, tough guys that play really hard, and we're continuing to identify, evaluate, recruit, and sign those guys and recruit. Like that is our culture. That's who we are. Two more quick ones. Um, so looking at scheduling and strength of schedule, um, how do you see next year going? Do you want to try and test the team early on? Um, do you think that we're going to ease into it a little bit? And how do you? where do you want Mason's strength of schedule to be once you really hit the ground running? I want to play a challenging schedule. I want to prepare us for uh, league play. I mean, VCU, Davidson, St. Bonaventure, uh, Dayton, some really good programs in this conference. Um, so our non-conference schedule is going to prepare our guys for that. It's going to give our team, a, 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 our, sorry, our fans, hopefully an exciting home slate, games that are exciting, challenging opponents, good games with good players and really good coaches. But most importantly, you know, beyond the strength of schedule, it's looking at the teams that were at-large bids this year from this past tournament and then one before that that weren't from Power 5 conferences, Power 6 conferences. Like, what did their schedule look like from a net, from a net standpoint? Who were they playing? Let's go schedule those teams. And let's go beat them. Cool. You know, that's it. Thanks, coach. We got one more you wanted to sneak in. Well, let me get one, one more, one more quick one. Sorry. Uh, so you talked a lot about transfers, and you know, you got guys hitting you up. We've obviously got our own guys in the portal who are trying to get back. Uh, what are you looking at out of transfers in the next two years? Are you looking to bring in a centerpiece type of guy? Do you think that we've got that core? And we have that core. Yes. The core is here. So we have that core. Players? The core is here. I'm not saying role players. We're looking for great fits. We're looking for really talented, really tough, hardworking, and competitive guys that fit into our core of guys. We have an unbelievable core, and it is my job to keep those guys. Like, like that's me measuring success right now, putting it on myself as a head coach right now. I got to do whatever I have to do to keep those guys here at George Mason because they are a, a, a very talented group of guys that I want to coach. I love it. Yeah, Steve, I'll, I'll Steve, wall Steve Nash. Steve Nash walks into KD. Kyrie and James Harden, like let me walk into some good players too, you know? So, all right. I love it. All right, thanks guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you.